0: Donald Trump indicted once again. Is this really about Trump, or is it about the end of America as we know it? Jeffrey Sachs nails it on Ukraine. Canada's culture of death threatens the homeless. And why did actress Grace Kelly pray the rosary on live TV? This video went viral. Could it be why the globalists hate the Latin mass movement? All that and more tonight on The Remnant Underground. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Matt. This is The Remnant Underground. You know, I wanted to welcome everybody to our show, whether you're doing remnant-tv.com, Rumble. Yes, we are on Rumble. Um, Of course, YouTube, I guess. But also, the podcast folks. I'm talking about people on Spotify who listen to our show every week. We kind of forget about these guys, but we're very grateful to all the folks that listen to us in their car or whatever they're doing on the way to work, whatever. Wherever you're catching our stuff, thank you so much uh, for being with us. Welcome. Tonight's show is sponsored by Charity Mobile. Very excited about this. Happy to be partnering with them because, uh, as you know, both in the Remnant newspaper and down here in the Remnant Underground, we don't really take paid ads, you would say. I mean, you have to be someone who's in on this cause with us, who's working, who's counter-revolutionary, who's using your brains right now. Very important uh, that we we partner with allies and friends who are together with us in this, this cause for uh, Catholic restoration. And our friends at Charity Mobile are absolutely that. So Charity Mobile, again, is America's pro-life phone company. I can't stress that enough. Totally pro-life guys working on this, on this phone company. And 5% of your monthly bill Goes to the pro-life, pro-family, charity of your choice. And remember also, the Remnant Foundation is on that list at Charity Mobile, so you can donate to us if you want. But seriously, switch to Charity Mobile today. They've given me a special offer just for you guys, so go to charitymobile.com and use the promotion code REMNANTTV for a free phone with free activation and free shipping. There are no contracts either, which is nice. Go to charitymobile.com dot com, or call them. They have real people now, hotline for service at one 474 3662 and remember the code Remnant TV. So we've got some video I want to show you in a few minutes of the reason that Pope Francis is so, so threatened by us, so threatened by the traditional Latin Mass community worldwide. Got that video, I'm going to show it a little later in the show, but first a, a word, uh, some practical stuff about trying to get out there among, among you all. So I will be in Louisiana. I'm gonna get these dates all wrong. You know, I'm gonna get them wrong. So jump in if I get it wrong. We're gonna be at a okay. conference called the New Vendee Conference in Louisiana. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's September coming up second. September 2nd. Really, really proud to stand with my friend, my new friend, uh, Ross McKnight who, of course, is the hero of the Sacred Heart, who made international headlines, God bless him, back in June, for standing strong for the Sacred Heart of Jesus during Pride Month. Maybe some of you remember my interview with Ross McKnight.
1: I've been um, at the traditional Latin Mass for a couple of years. Of course, that's a very uh, difficult process uh, for all of us as we we realize that the traditional Latin Mass really gives us the faith. I, I don't know what to say except that, I, I th- feel that really my Catholicism became real when I, when I started attending the traditional Latin
0: Mass. And so, Ross has really dived. He's dived into this whole Vendee thing, and they're using the story of the Vendee to sort of you know counter Catholic counter revolution in, in New Orleans in Louisiana. It's fantastic. So, I hope to see at least some of you uh, September second, uh, next month. At the Reconquest of Louisiana Rally for Christ the King, where I will be speaking, you can sign up below at the newvande.com website. Am I right? Okay, so that's that. And then there's other there's other opportunities. At the end of September, I will be speaking, of course, at the Catholic Identity Conference in Pittsburgh, followed by the Family Life International Conference in London, which is October 14th, I believe, right? And then we'll be in Rome for the Synod to see when the when the asteroid falls on the city of Rome. We'll be there to cover that, see what happens in the synod, after the Synod of Synodality uh, detonates, if you will. And we're going to post the details of all of this at remnantnewspaper.com, which again is why it's really important for you to visit our website, remnantnewspaper.com, every day, every few hours. We have a lot of change, a lot of new stuff going up over there. Or at the very least, again, sign up for my e-letter uh, to make sure that I can stay in touch with you and let, let you know where we're going to be, when we're going to post, etc. You know it's bad out there when even the bad guys start admitting how bad it is. So as Joe Biden and his friends over at the World Economic Forum and in the Vatican, as they continue to push this insane experiment over there in Ukraine, which essentially is pushing for World War III, we're getting real close now, hell froze over this week when I actually agreed with something one Jeffrey Sachs said. Check this out what is democracy right now it's it's a game of
2: narratives and and propaganda so <laughs> i i think it's a shame it's uh, very sad what's happening right now and the result is war in ukraine in which uh tens of thousands of people are being killed actually every month now and uh, this is going on because uh, the u.s security state insists on it and we know that just about every politician in western europe feels that you can't cross the united states what is this u.s security state it's the one that brought 20 years of destruction to afghanistan it's the one that brought the iraq war it's the one that uh, destabilized syria it's the one that destabilized libya and it's the one that destabilized ukraine by the way so what's sad is that the ukrainians are for some reason party to this the ukrainian leadership we don't know what the ukrainian people feel because there's no it's martial law there's no elections uh, there's uh, no asking now zelensky said mobilization of every male in the society, are they really going to just continue to throw away the lives
0: of tens or hundreds of thousands of people for NATO enlargement? <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, Mr. Sachs, uh, exactly what we've been saying down here from the very start of this war. I hope that doesn't compromise your position with the Vatican, perhaps it already has. I don't know. They're going to keep Mr. <laughs> Sachs after he speaks some truth like like he just did and he has been doing. But he's right absolutely right according to the european conservative a new study now conducted by two ukrainian institutions has revealed that over 75 percent of ukrainian citizens believe that mr green t zelensky is directly responsible for massive corruption in the government and military administrations in ukraine what a shock never saw that coming did you It's it's incredible. Two separate Ukrainian public opinion surveys show that an overwhelming majority of Ukrainians deeply mistrust the EU and NATO, with 71% of respondents saying that NATO and the EU are following self-serving interests and they are using Ukraine and Ukrainians for their own purposes, which is exactly what we were saying down here 18 months ago. Now they're going to literally, I guess, start trying to tip off wars, bombs, missiles, tanks to blow up what's left of the world right now. This is very serious. And regardless of how corrupt now, we've all heard about how corrupt this Obama-backed, Hillary Clinton-backed Ukrainian government is. We've all lived under corrupt governments. We still love our country. We live under an extremely corrupt government right now, but we still love our country. So there are Ukrainian people over there right now who our hearts go out to because they love their country too, despite what many are calling a coup in nineteen in, in 2014 to establish a US pro-NATO anti-Russian government.
3: Well, uh, uh, it is a great pleasure to welcome Uh, President Poroshenko uh, to the Oval Office. Uh, He and I have been uh, working together uh, a lot uh, over the last several months. The people of Ukraine have uh, declared their desire for a sovereign, independent, uh, economic, and foreign policy that promises them freedom and prosperity and self-determination. And uh, President Poroshenko's election I think, represented those aspirations of the Ukrainian people. I am very proud that the United States has led uh, the international community uh, and uh, our European partners in making sure that there is a cost to Russia for its aggression in Ukraine.
0: So I, I can't believe that people are still unsure. Are they still, They're still buying this propaganda. I, I can't believe it. I mean, there's Barack Obama coming right out and admitting it it was U.S.-led. You caught that, right? And yet, you know, think back to what we went through. You know, glory to Ukraine. You know, we're going to fight for however long it takes. It doesn't matter. Remember all that? Are you tired of it? Are you done with it? And even a guy like Jeffrey Sachs, who's no friend of mine, no friend of this show, but he sees it for exactly what it is. Fake news. And this fake news is nothing to fool around with, as we're all seeing now. It's it's, it's destabilizing the entire world, certainly the entire Western world, destabilizing our country, destabilizing Europe, right? By the time we're going down into Africa, it's going to spread all over the place, and we're falling for it again. I find that shocking, and I really believe that there's nobody left in this audience that's still buying into this nonsense. You can't look at any of this without looking at the great reset and the World Economic Forum and all this garbage going on over there. You can't, let, you know what they're doing. They're behind all of this, destabilizing everything, taking all the strong countries down. Countries are being destroyed. The United States of America right now is on her last legs, friends. You yeah, got fires around the world. Biden sends them 700 bucks a family to take care of the fact that they lost everything. $700 per family. Why he's sending billions to Ukraine. What more is it going to take? Entire countries being destroyed. Borders being erased. And why is all this happening? Because to paraphrase Thomas Jefferson, the tree of globalism needs to be watered with the blood of human beings, doesn't it? It's all worth it. To get globalism off the ground. To get the new world order fired up. <laughs> and the world is quite literally going to hell. i touch on this. Just touch on this thing with what's happening to Donald Trump right now. Again, I, I don't care. He's been indicted. I, I don't care what you think of him. I don't care how much you hate him. I don't care what party you're from. Yeah, again, how, how, much, how much of a never-Trumper you are. This is not about Trump anymore, right? You see this. I mean, honestly, friends, I would sit here and scream against what's happening to Donald Trump if it wasn't Donald Trump, but it was Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or any other president because of the precedent that this is setting. I mean, you see that, right? This is an incredibly dangerous precedent. Did we learn nothing from the totalitarian regimes of the 20th century? Nothing? We learned nothing at all. Do you see what's happening here? As the rule of law and the Constitution, everything else just gets set aside for some emotional, media driven, nonsense propaganda campaign to serve the globalists or the neocons or whoever, whatever bad guy group you want to point at this time around. Our country
2: is going to hell, and they come after Donald Trump weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the FBI. We can't let this continue to go on because it's ripping our country to shreds.
0: So honestly, if you're in favor of what they're doing to Donald Trump, (laughs) you have forfeited any right to criticize the Nazis or the Soviets or the Red Chinese or the Castro regime or anybody ever again, nothing. You can't say anything against any of it because you're in favor of doing the exact same thing to our country. This is no longer about Democrat versus Republican. This is not about liberal versus conservative. This is about the end of America as we know it. That's what these animals on the far left are doing now. This is about making sure that your children become wards of the globalist super state in the future, where there will be no chance whatsoever. I'm not a big believer in what passes for democracy over the past 25 years, but they're even getting rid of that. There will be no chance if this continues of anyone anywhere in the world ever voting for change when they're under a tyrannical regime like we are now under. There's no option. You can't change it. That's what they're doing. That's why they're getting rid of the Supreme Court, and the Constitution, and the two-party system, right? This is totalitarianism, friends. And by the way, now you know how it worked, don't you? When we see those scary movies about what happened in Germany in the 1930s, well, and you say, how did that ever happen? Well, you now know exactly how it happened. Now, I wanted to do just a quick follow-up to last week's show. I'm not going to belabor the point. Some of you thought, well, everything is so bad. You know, there's some good kids that got together over there, and maybe you were a bit too hard on World Youth Day. You know, those dancing nuns, they were just Polish folk songs, and nuns were dancing to the Polish folk songs. But the thing is, and maybe Walt can throw a little bit up on the screen of that, that video, this was during a mass. Uh, these Polish nuns were dancing during a mass at World Youth Day. Kind of have to wonder how many people were dancing at the foot of the cross, trying to get Mary and John and Saint Mary Magdalene to do a little dancing. You see how crazy it is? How we've lost sight of everything? Oh, they're just being joyful.
2: Right?
0: That's that's the argument. Were people shaking hands and dancing at the foot of the cross? I kind of doubt it. So whether you immediately recognize it or not, whether you like it or not, World Youth Day is a radical, events like World Youth Day, radical departure from everything that the Catholic Church stood for, for 1,969 years. And people are starting to catch on. They're starting to admit, we, we have to admit the obvious, they're starting to say the quiet part out loud about something like World Youth Day. Yeah, it looks to me like it's part of the revolution.
1: World Youth Day just completed, but overlooked was much of the content and the implications of the events themselves. World Youth Day featured the usual via crucis, the way of the cross, but this one was offered with young people performing a choreographed dance featuring a young girl extending outstretched arms in front of the cross. Uh, The station's meditations reflected on climate change and intolerance. Father Jerry, what do you make of the emphasis on climate change and intolerance? I thought World Youth Day was supposed to be about focused on bringing youth to Christ.
0: Uh, Yes, it is. It should be that, Raymond. Yeah, this focus on uh, climate change, which is
1: a uh, topic that's really best handled by scientists and meteorologists,
0: uh, and then, you know, government officials it, it should not be a main focus of Catholic activity. In fact, I think it reflects secularization of church
1: activities. Uh, you're right. We should be focusing on salvation, prayer, sacraments. Uh, that's really where we're supposed to be focused.
0: Absolutely right. You know, and this is we could do a whole show on the history of this kind of thing, a very revolutionary idea, the youth events, the youth masses. Right. What does that mean? My children and I go to the same Mass. We don't have a youth Mass and an adult Mass. I'm sure most of you are the same way. But we're that way even when it comes to watching movies at the house. There are movies that we all watch as a family. You don't separate and divide like that, you see, because it polarizes for a reason. Youth events like this, they were, never, they were never seen in the history of the church. The only one I can think of, in fact, would probably be the, the Children's Crusade.
1: The two of the lesser known are the Children's Crusade. They took place in 1212 after the Fourth Crusade, a failure to the Western s- Christian society. The Children's Crusade is easily thought of as a great disaster, as an estimated 50,000 children joined the Crusades to try and banish Muslims and Jews from Jerusalem.
0: Because kids don't know what they're doing, they don't have any experience, they don't have any wisdom on what they're doing. It's dangerous. So what they've been doing for a long time in the church, in the state, in school, public education, you know, they're trying to separate the kids from their parents. They're doing that right now with all this gender ideology. They're separating the kids. Don't tell them what happened during COVID. Parents finally found out what was going on in the classroom. The kids are being taught something completely different than even modern parents were aware of, you see? And the church is doing the same thing. Separate the kids from their parents and then talk directly to the children, you see? Well, I'm sorry, but that's what the Hitler Youth Movement was pretty much all about, wasn't it? That's what the communists did. That's what the hippie movement was all about. And now that's what the Vatican is all about. Listen. Listen to the youth. First, dumb them down completely. Give them garbage catechisms if they get catechetical instruction at all. Give that to them for several generations. And then listen to the youth confirm them in their ignorance, and then tell the world, well, hey, you know what? We gotta listen to the youth or there's no future for our church. (laughs) Again, the word is sophomoric. Young people, you are rallying behind the global wealth
2: tax to manage the alarming surge in wealth inequality. You are calling for programs that help you and young progressive voices join government and become policymakers to limit global warming. You are demanding to halt to coal, oil, and gas exploration.
0: And then at World Youth Day, as we showed you last time, they get blade and they stick they go to put their, their revolutionary ideas right in there about globalism, globalism, and the rest. This this is ripped right from the pages of Solalinsky's work, and they've been doing it for years. Last week, Raymond Arroyo reminded his audience of how old Mother Angelica had reacted to World Youth Day Denver 30 years ago. And Reverend Mother Angelica's
1: reaction to what she considered a blasphemous portrayal of Christ, her spouse, played by a young girl. This is how Mother put it.
2: You can give nothing that builds. Everything you touch destroys. And you dare to depict Jesus as a woman. No." You're not going to be ordained as women. You have your rights. You have your church, obviously. But you have no right to stuff your truth or your lack of truth down everybody's throat. You have no right to depict Jesus as a woman. I've made my statement. I don't care whether you like it or not. It's time somebody said something about all these tiny little cracks that you have been putting for the past 30 years into the church.
0: <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's the way it was 30 years ago. I wonder what she would say today. Bottom line, friends, be careful of these, of these functions, these youth youth jamborees. right? World Youth Day is not the answer. In fact, it's part of the problem. The answer is actually to keep the family together. They're trying at every level to destroy the family more than any other institution on the face of the earth, right? So if we want to survive what's coming, and it's not going to be pleasant, We have talked about this before, but it is going to be possible to survive. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. If you want to survive, the name of the game is keep the family together. Father Patrick Payton, he coined that expression, the family that prays together stays together. Well, 60, 70 years ago and he was absolutely right and that's why they stopped teaching the rosary in catholic schools in my opinion families no longer pray the rosary together you see two weeks ago i showed you in fact video from the 1950s in san francisco where millions of families joined father peyton in praying the rosary why so that they could keep together during a very difficult time during the cold war a lot of fear around praying together as a family was set up as the answer. Father Payton was right. He was prophetic, in fact. (laughs) He even managed uh, to enlist the rich and famous to join his holy crusade to save the family through prayer. Here he is, in fact, with the actress Grace Kelly, famous Hollywood actress, praying the rosary with Father Payton.
2: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
0: Man, how times have changed. Imagine that. (laughs) Father Peyton even got Frank Sinatra to plug his Rosary Crusade. The family that prays together stays together bottom line friends keep the family together you know keep the family that's, that's really all that matters and and that's right in the face of this demonic push this demonic revolution of the church sister Lucia of Fatima told Cardinal Carlo Cafara, of course famously that the final battle between the kingdom of Christ and Satan will be over marriage and the family
2: I wrote to sister Lucy I will always remember and will never forget in my whole life the last let, uh, words of this letter. Fra
1: Cristo e il regno di Satana sarà il matrimonio e la famiglia.
2: There will come a time when the decisive confrontation between the kingdom of God and the and Satan will take place on the issue of marriage and
0: the family. Now, she wrote this down a long time ago, and look what's happened to the family. She was right, wasn't wasn't she? Everything right now is about destroying Christian marriage, destroying the family, destroying children, their souls and their bodies, right? Cardinal Cuffaro was also one of the four dubia cardinals when he made this warning, you know, that Sister Lucia had told him this, that the devil's final battle would be over the family. So do you see why Cardinal Kaffara then objected to Amoris Laetitiae, for example, Francis' encyclical uh, that opened the door? Granted, yes, of course, it was in a footnote, but it nevertheless opened the door to public adulterers receiving the sacraments, to divorce and remarriage, and everything else in the Church. The very things that are now being pushed hard, and will be really pushed hard, in the Synod on Synodality coming up, where they hope to change the morale, the moral teaching of the Church on the family. So, so when, you, when you start thinking about it this way, it becomes very clear why they're so worried about the Latin mass movement, which is rather famous for its large Catholic families, its gigantic stretch fans with 10, 12 kids going to mass every every Sunday. Those are van loads full of the future, right? That'll change history, what's going on in the Latin mass movement. Yet, back in 2016, Francis used his family manifesto to, in effect, undermine the traditional family.
3: Today's pronouncement from the Pope on family life was two years in the making. Pope Francis explicitly called for the church to be less judgmental. Instead, he said more support is needed for single and unmarried parents, as well as same sex couples. Divorced or remarried Catholics should not be judged or discriminated against in church life. Priests can be merciful when it comes to delivering communion. So
0: this is, uh, that's, that's Francis, that's the Synod on Synodality, and that's revolution in the Catholic Church based on, based on a distorted uh, misinterpretation, intentional in my, per, in my opinion, of mercy. The church was always merciful. God was always merciful. Christ forgave his, 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 his murderers from the cross. The Catholic Church, Christianity is based on mercy. We don't need Francis to teach us about mercy, yet he comes out always talking about mercy. So you can say, so you can, the, the implication becomes, well, we need to change the church's teaching on homosexuality and sodomy and all these things so that we can be merciful like Jesus. You see? It's a distorted, intentionally distorted uh, teaching on mercy, you know? And this, of course, is this, this idea that, that mercy means, you know, don't let doctrine get in the way of having a nice uh, supportive attitude towards sinners. This is all part of what Francis calls the God of surprises. You see, the God of surprises is merciful like this. Now, he's, been, he's been babbling about the God of surprises for a while. And from what I can tell, the God of surprises is a LGBT activist, big backer of Bill Gates, a climate hysteric, and evidently one of Klaus Schwab's speechwriters. Because it all sounds the same, whatever comes from the god of the God of surprises. But the point is, in order for all of this to succeed, in order for the god of surprises to triumph uh, in this revolution, traditional Catholicism has to go. Traditional Catholicism, the old Catholicism, has to be cancelled. And that's what they're doing. But there's a problem. What if they fail? What if traditional Catholicism is too strong? What if they can't stomp it out? Then what happens? They're all very old. These are elderly people that are doing this this revolution. They don't have much time, do they? (laughs) And here, last Sunday, at my church, here's what I saw. Literally, the future. That little clip picked up 135,000 views just on Twitter and just in three days. Why is this? (laughs) It's because it's full of hope. Because the world right now is so dark and so falling into despair and no one offers any hope beyond, well, maybe we can stop driving SUVs and we'll live a little longer here without climate emergency. You know what I mean? That's not hope. That's desperate, that's frightening, that's terrifying, right? But a little clip like what we just showed you, full of hope, that's the future. That's of God. That's the solution. That will not be denied. You see, Christ makes all things new, right? And God is the author of life. That is God's presence among us. You see something like that. Life itself is the future for those of us who follow our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what's going on on the other side? It's death everywhere you look. It's the culture of death in this new world order of theirs. Check out, for example, what's going on in formerly Catholic Canada.
1: A new poll has shown just how comfortable Canadians are with assisted suicide. When Canada expanded assisted suicide eligibility to anyone who just had a debilitating illness, polls showed that a clear majority supported that too. So recently, pollsters have started asking how far Canadians might go with all this. Pretty far, it turns out. One quarter of Canadians are fine with assisted suicide merely because someone can't find medical care. 40% are fine with prisoners ending their lives instead of serving out their sentences. What if someone's just homeless? 28% say they should be allowed to see medically assisted death. Or what if they're just poor? No terminal conditions, no underlying health problems, no mental illness. They just live in poverty. Should they be allowed to seek state assistance in ending their lives? 27% say yes.
0: We simply cannot get used to that. Don't get accustomed to that. Don't get conditioned by that. What they're saying is they're just going to literally kill everyone off who doesn't have a perfect life, who isn't making enough money. We're just going to kill them off. We're going to dumb them down. We're going to take God away from them, take family away from them, and then let them decide on their own that the best thing to do is just to kill themselves. Absolutely heart wrenching, despair, sadness, dearth, lack, absolute absence of hope. That's what's going on in a formerly Catholic country while Francis is the Pope who's world renowned for being a champion against climate change. You couldn't make up a scenario that would be any more bizarre than that. You know, I want to I close on, on this, friends. I, I know... I, I, I suspect most of you agree, but I mean this. This idea of family is something that we really, really need to talk about because, the, as I say, the forces of hell are lined up against and For years, I've been pushing this idea of the clans. Right? Unite the clans. That's the sort of the theme of a lot of what we do, sort of the Catholic Identity Conference, the Shark Pilgrimage, and I want. And I want to close on that by clarifying who and what the clans actually are, because there's, there's a certain misunderstanding of that. That the the clans are not the fraternity of St. Peter. The clans are not the society of St. Pius X. I don't know anything about how you get orders of priests to, to, to get along and, you know, put, put, let bygones be bought. By. I don't know anything about that. That's not what this is all about. That's between them. This has never been about uniting orders of priests. The clans, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, definitively, this is what it is. The clans are the small communities All around the world, communities made up of families, Christian families, people who have kept the faith, the remnant of families. Most, but not all all of them, have access to the Latin Mass. Most, but not all, are able to educate their children at home. I know some of you are not in a position to educate at home. We're going to talk about homeschooling briefly. If you can't do it, I understand. It still, in my opinion, is the best solution for how you keep the family together today, homeschooling. All the clans, however, believe and serve God first, and they do so from the family, the nucleus of society. That's where the counter-revolution is born, and that's, that's the spark, that's the place where it will blossom out and change the world and change history from the family. It starts in the family. And it's a matter of Christian charity, unite the clans. That we unite those families in defense and in preservation of the faith of our fathers. That we don't attack each other. That we do do away with the, the circular firing squad and all the intramural squabbling. That's all. That's all we mean by unite the clans. I, I don't. I don't go to the Fraternity of St. Peter or the Society of St. Pius X. I go to a diocesan parish Latin Mass where my, my my priest is the original parking lot priest, who by the way will be at the the uh, Catholic Identity Conference, two fisted fighting traditional Catholic, right? So, yeah, we, we gotta get away from this idea that it's just the orders of priests that we're trying. Priests, historically, priests are not on the front lines of the battlefield. That's not their job. Priests are the ones on the, uh, in the morning of the battle who give confession and the sacraments to the soldiers, right? To the fighters, giving them the strength and the inspiration that they need to go out and fight. You don't put priests on the front line. You don't take chaplains and give them guns and have them run out there and lead the, 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 the war, the fight, the battle, right? It's never been that way. We're the soldiers of Jesus Christ, and we need our priests to make sure that we keep our souls ready to face God at a moment's notice as we fight for the restoration. So I want to close on a personal note, you know, having to do with this idea of family, clans, education of children. My, my wife and I have educated all seven of our children at home. Some of you are homeschooling. 10, 12 kids. God bless you. But yeah, so, so everybody's doing this. I'm not talking about, look at how we do it. There, this, this is the, this is the hope. There are many, many people. The clans, for the most part, are doing this. We're not heroes, but we're doing exactly what our fathers and our mothers did for a thousand years. You just got to get back to that, friends. And people keep telling you, telling, especially young families, you can't do it. It's too hard. It's too impossible. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. You got to put them in a school. No, no, it's not impossible. Not at all. It's still very possible to do this even today. (laughs) And it's, it's one of the, one of the most rewarding things in the world, you know, to, to commit to it. So I'm off tomorrow morning. I got to get up and drive 16 hours to bring my fifth baby to her first year in college. I can't believe how time has, has, has passed. I'm going to miss her because I love her. And guess what? Like most young people for the past few millennium, she loves me. She loves her mother. She loves her four sisters and her two brothers. That's the way it always was. It's only this attack that's gone on in the family that makes it normal for teenagers to rebel against their mother and father and their religion and their siblings and go off and do terrible things to their bodies and their souls, right? We don't have to go along with that. (laughs) My daughter's name is Katie. She's been homeschooled every day, all her life. She attended Latin Mass with us every Sunday for 18 years. My daughter, on her own, chose the most Catholic college in the country. Why? Because she wants to stay close to God. And she wants to have access to the Latin Mass. And the world didn't have a chance with her because of God and because of the family. Just like the world never had a chance with her with her older sister, who's a triple-degreed historian. She was very successful in college. Yeah, I know. So, are you ever going to socialize them? They're homeschooled. That's a lie. That's fake news. Her older sister went off to school and did fantastic. She's an historian now in her spare time. She runs the Remnant Business Office and the Catholic Identity Conference as well. The world never had a chance with her either, or with Her brother over here, who I will embarrass in a moment, sitting right across from me now, having graduated from another small Catholic school that offered majors in media and television, and now he's making a difference with Remnant TV. He gave me my first grandchild, and today my son and I are partners in this work of Catholic counter-revolution. How did we do that? Because we're so holy? No. It's because of the family. My third daughter just now entering the workforce as a BSNRN, very proud of her, a nurse who will spend the rest of her days making sick little babies well again. That's what she wanted to do with her life after having been homeschooled in a traditional Catholic family, also in love with the family and the Latin mass to this day, as much as she is in love with God. What am I saying? <laughs> it's absolutely possible, friends, to keep the family together. It's possible and it's the most rewarding work in the world to the point where dropping one of them off. The fifth one off for college is hard. It's sad. I'm not looking forward to it. And again, my children are not saints. I'm not a saint. My wife might be because she puts up with me. I'm certainly not. But I think maybe God met our family halfway as he met so many other families just like ours who agreed to homeschool who never missed latin mass on sunday <laughs> and who agreed to live and to love and to laugh and to pray together as a family and guess what ladies and gentlemen i'm here to tell you that father peyton was right i'm michael map on the tv and we'll see you next week